Hello and welcome to this edition of Engage Podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Jamie. And as you can tell from the title, we are going back to the well and redoing um, Boldly Best Bajorans. And this one's a supplemental because it's too much to do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a bridging the gap, isn't it? Kind of with the information that we um, talked about in our first episode. And basically what we're kind of going back over and kind of just said filling in the gaps is about about the planet Bajor, the Bajorans themselves, and obviously um, the occupation. Um, because I said, there's like 40 pages worth of information we got from Memory Alpha, which is safe to say is uh, probably our biggest, in terms of species, like information we've got, I think, isn't it? Only only second, kind of, only kind of eclipses the Cardassians, which I think was about 30 pages. Something like that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, because we felt like in the first part that we didn't do it justice with what we, you know, I said the information that we covered, because there is a lot. <laughs> go on memory after yourself, guys, and you'll you'll just go, oh my god. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, this is kind of said what we're going to be doing with this episode. Um, where would you like to start off, Sai? Um, Bajoran notes in the trivia. Where it says, according to the reference book, Star Trek Star Charts, Bajor was the seventh planet in the Bajoran system. Planet's government was named the Third Republic of Bajor. It was admitted into Federation in 2374, but the process was not rectified. Capital of this world were Dakar and Savling. This is a bit that has interests me. 3.8 billion Bajorans lived on Bajor in 2378. The Bajorans were walk capable since 2328. And their first instead of flight was 1571. Uh, points of interest on the planet were Kashish Retreat, the Daki Monastery, Kendra Valley and the Fire Caves. The planet was occupied by Kodasia from 2328 to 2369 and 2374-75. Bajor was listed as, as having five moons and in a map of, ba- of the system the five moons were depicted in orbit around the planet. I just thought that was really interesting. Did you say 3.8 million or billion? Billion. Billion, my God. I mean, I, I mean, you know, you know, I think in terms of Star Trek, I've, I've never really thought you'd have what, what the population of species is on its planet, but that's a, that's a, that's a lot, isn't it? I think so. It just makes you wonder about the occupation, really. I was going to say because. I mean, I don't know how many Bajorans died during the occupation. I'm not sure if it's ever said anywhere. I think it's got to be at least millions, so hasn't it? And you've got to think... Go on. Well, it makes you wonder kind of why they didn't act sooner. What, the Bajorans? Yeah, I can't imagine that they would have a Cardassian for every Bajoran. Um, well, based on what I... Based on what I kind of read in the notes... I think it was a very gradual thing. I don't think the, the Cardassians, like, it didn't happen straight away. Like, I think I was reading in notes, like, they, they kind of slowly influenced, their kind of brain influence over the Bajorans over, I think it was, like, 10 years before the actual, the date given of the occupation, which is, what, 23, 28, I think it is. And I think it was a very gradual thing where they took over gradually. I mean, I don't know, maybe, you know, um, they saw themselves as kind of, I don't know, maybe they thought, I don't know, it's, it, 
it's difficult, really, because I said we, we we know bits and pieces about the occupation, but we don't know a lot. But you've got to think as well: the Bajorans primarily weren't soldiers; they were philosophers and farmers and explorers. And I mean, did they even have a militia before the Cardassians turned up? No, I'm 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 really just thinking because it's kind of in nature, you know, a lot of something can um can kill something that's far bigger. I mean you're talking kind of ants and you're talking bees. So why is this any different? Well you know you know, the Bajorans, I mean maybe it's a case of the Cardassians came there and maybe it was a case they we didn't see them as a threat at first at least. Maybe so it was until... maybe it was their peaceful nature. What the what the uh, Bajorans? Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, you know, someone's come along to you know. It's, I don't know. I mean, you know, like it's like you know they probably thought some of them probably thought, oh, you know, the Cardassians are come. You know, they're kind of kind of analogy. You know, we're kind of watching over them, looking out for them, all that kind of stuff. But obviously, as we know, that's not how things turned out. I mean, I think I, I remember uh, I think. Kira saying to Dakar, I can't remember what episode DS9, but she goes, we never understood why you had to be so cruel to us. And it's like, you know, so from that statement, it's kind of, you know, you guys came, you know, but the way you treated us was just really, really bad. So, I mean, I could be reading too much into it, but from that kind of statement, it's kind of like, you know, we didn't mind that you came at first, but then look what you, you did to us. Look what you, you know, you did to us all and what you the havoc you wrought, all that kind of stuff do you do you know what i mean yeah yeah so yeah i just but it's you know it was very interesting reading back through the notes because i know i know from what i can remember because obviously I've, I've not really listened to part one but from what we discussed i remember us talking about how much influence the car Cardassians had. Um, and one of the things I think that stood out to me, I'm just I can find it. I think it was in the occupation notes. Um, oh, where is it? Oh, it was something to do with farming. When, when the Cardassians left uh, Bajor, when they were forced out, they, they did as much damage as they possibly could, wasn't it? I think... From what I can remember, I think didn't they like, like burn all the like, all the fields of crops that the Bajorans were growing, all that kind of stuff, so they couldn't farm or or, or stuff like that. Um, you know, they did as much damage as, as possible. Of various Cardassian experiments poisoned much of Bajoran's once fertile farm farmland. Uh, farmers such as Shakar Edon were devastated, and soil reclamations became highly sought after after sought after commodity. Two years after the occupations uh, ended, three million Skurian refugees fleeing from the Dominion uh, wished to farm the land of Bajor's unhamted northwest peninsula. However, while the peninsula would have been an ideal, an ideal place to farm, so that, uh, prior to occupation, the provisional government was forced to turn the Skurians away due to toxicity of the soil and the plagues that had arisen on Bajor. Yeah, so from that you can that's just another kind of effect that that the occupation had you know and 
And oddly, I, I, I actually forgot about the whole... The soil was... Um, was it? You said it was toxic, wasn't it? Yeah. So even if the screens had allowed... If they had allowed the screens to settle on the northwest peninsula, there's no guarantee it would have grown again. So... Because I've always look, kind of looked at that episode with the screens. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but... Sanctuary. Um, yeah, thank you. That's it. You know, I always kind of thought... You know, I, was, I always kind of thought to myself, you know, this could have helped the Rajor in so much, but kind of knowing or remembering what I kind of forgotten now, I can understand why they said no to the screens. I can completely understand it. You know, and it's just that kind of effect that the Cardassian occupation had of Bajor just long term, or, you know, even like the soil reclamators. I mean, you think of the episode Shakar, where. Um, you know the whole use of that. That you know that the whole because there was so little of them, obviously. And you had that whole thing with obviously um, Kai Win and Shakar, which almost led to almost led to Bajoran civil war. Well, that's offset because of what the Cardassians did. So it's interesting to kind of you know read and kind of remember the kind of. You know the the, the knock-on effect that this had, and what it led to. So yeah, it's just it's just very interesting. I know reading through the notes, I always you know people have always kind of said that. Well, I don't know. Early DS9, I know there was this whole thing in the notes about people weren't very um, respondent to the Bajoran storylines. Like they didn't find them massively interesting. I don't know how much truth there is to that or whatever but i've i've always found the bajorans quite interesting i don't know about you so if you've always quite enjoyed the bajoran episodes um i think that may have been a reason why i didn't originally like it i think what ds what when you what do it ds9 when you first watched it if you remember when i first when uh right at the beginning when i just went no i'm not watching that and i slowly bought them and yeah. then that's where I enjoyed them. But I think that may have been one of the original sticking points on our original watch. Again, it's that weird thing. First time around, everyone went, oh, no, this isn't great. Whereas in hindsight, 20 years later, everyone's gone, oh, God, that's incredible what they achieved with it. Mm. But I do wonder whether that is because of the success of Battlestar Galactica. And then everyone kind of watched that and went, actually, let's let's look back at DS9. Oh, wait, oh, there's actually ideas in this that are the same to Battlestar. Hmm, okay, well, I like that now. Because I think that's something I unconsciously did, I think. Yeah. And then you look at that versus Voyager, and it's just like, oh, like, what were you thinking, people? Like, <laughs> So, yeah, it's, it's that weird thing. It, it really is, but... I kind of agree with it to some degree. I don't know. It is a very weird concept when you first get into DS9. Mm. And with no Defiant, it is a bit... And you're running around runabouts. So, okay, that's okay. It's, it, it does its thing, but... Uh, yeah, okay. It's a, I'm not that bothered. I think there must be a watershed moment where it's like, okay, now we get it. But I don't know what that would be. Maybe it's like the beginning of three, like the circle. Maybe it's all that sort of thing, but I don't know. So I'm just having a look through, trying to 
find the couple of bits you've, you've read out. Cause I'm... <laughs> but can't seem to find it on here. It's with all the circle notes. It's in the aftermath bit. What in um, oh. occupation of Bajor? Yeah. Above the vol notes. Ah, oh, God, that's in vol, right? Thanks, sorry. Ah, we go. Oh yeah, circle. Oh, is that all? Oh right, okay, lovely. Right. So, so the circles, anti-alien graffiti, is it that bit? Yeah. Ah, right. Gotcha. Cool. There we go. And I think the DS DS Nine is an interesting case because I was I think I was watching a YouTube video and it is a very strange thing to kind of have your production facilities in orbit. Which isn't the most sensible supply lines. Surely it's far easier. Because you've got to get the ore. Then get it on a ship. Then transport it to DS9 or Terranor. Then refine it. And then get it to where it needs to go. Surely it's far easier to get the ore. Put it into a facility. Refine it. Then send it up to DS9 and then out. Yeah, it's true. But I, mean, I, think... I know the whole thing is then you don't have... A space station you don't have that thing of yeah uh, it's it's i think it's i think you kind of it's kind of the same along the lines of why the Cardassian government worked the way it did or when eventually when we talk about the bajoran government why that worked the way it did it just it didn't just, work it didn't work it was chaotic kind of like as you say the process of the processing stages like that just yeah okay it got the job done but there's a, there's a much more efficient way of doing it but there you go <laughs> Is that just a Kardashian way of doing things, overthinking it, overcomplicating stuff? Reminds me of me sometimes, <laughs> which is general life things. And I think, as, it... as we said last time, that the Bajorans copied it, as it took their innocence, so they copied that style of government, didn't they? I think that's what we kind of said in the last one. Yeah, yeah. I said the occupant. I said without said going too much into it, but. Um... But I think that's why I read out the other bit because. Um, you know, it was saying what the third, third Republic of the of Bajor, which I think is interesting. Which means there was like two other versions of it before the occupation, all that sort of thing. So they've had three different levels of. Okay, this is how government works. I can just imagine it was just kind of very straightforward. It. And I do wonder when the religious element came into it, and then that complicated matters. Um, I mean, as I understand it, from what we know, they were always quite a spiritual society, wasn't they? They always were quite deeply spiritual, and were guided by the they by the prophets, wasn't they? As I understood it, but how 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 kind of religious they were? That's a very good point. Who knows? Um, I would imagine it probably would have increased tenfold during the occupation, and obviously because again, without again too much insist, but obviously that's kind of again that's another thing of the occupation that led to whole kind of religious thing. You had the creation of the Parais as well, didn't you? Because some Bajorans felt that the prophets had abandoned them during the occupation. Um, but no, it's you know the occupation just had so many effects um on the bajorans in mostly negative ways odd, oddly enough in some ways also 
I don't want to say positive, but do you know what I mean? Like, because obviously, before before the the Bajorans, um, beforehand, before the occupation, you had the the caste system, didn't you? The Dajaras. Yeah. Um, and obviously, from what we saw in Ascension in season four, you know, I mean, that just 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 it didn't didn't seem to. I don't know how on earth they functioned like that. Unfortunately, uh, it's a um, that's happening in real world. That's still applicable uh, today. You still have a similar system in um, India. Oh, really? Okay. So it's kind of still very current, still very close mm. to home. Not, you know, very um, non-fiction, very real to some people very so yeah it's but i think with the religion side of it it's the whole thing you know they take their ideas from real life um situations and i i I always think of kind of the beginnings of christianity and Mm. all the other religions where it just kind of swept across the world in kind of was it like 14 15th century or whatever it was but that sounds about right yeah and I just imagine that the same... Because, obviously, I think it starts off with the orbs. So yeah. I wonder if it was a similar sort of thing. Someone found this box and went, oh, what's, the, what's this? I don't know, they would have found the orb. What's this thing? Oh, oh, something spoke to me. Oh, it's a prophet and helped me out with this thing. And they just started writing it down. Mm. I just find that really fascinating. It's kind of... And then it just kind of exploded and just kind of then affected the whole culture and society you know the whole art and culture and things yeah i mean it said it had a, it, it, it said it affected every facet of the Jordan society it really did have just big effects and even kind of by the end of kind of deep space nine look at those seven years it, it you still feel those effects it's it's still there, and you know it. It's just, yeah. I just I think just the whole creation of Bajorans was just just interesting. I, I I think it said it was a it's a brilliant kind of idea, and I'm glad they ran with it. And uh, you know, and the, and the thing I always find with Deep Space Nine, when I, I said I haven't watched it for a while, but. They didn't oversaturate too much with the Bashorans. I think they got a good balance with the stories that they did. So they're kind of dipping in and out with them again. You know, it wasn't it wasn't constant, always always the Bajorans, which I thought was was good. I think they found a good balance with that. I don't know. I don't know if you agree with that or not. But yeah, I can't. I don't. Can't, don't really think they could have done it. Twenty four seven. I don't think that would have worked. That would have that would have killed the series. That's why. Again, that's the whole reason no. I think they went they went a bit too heavy in the first few series, mm. and then they found the Dominion War, and that helped matters because then that kind of quashes an awful lot of it, and I think that maybe helped it. Yeah. But it's just incredible that they you know they had first inter inter set of flights around sixteenth century. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's that, that's, that's got to be a lot sooner than a lot of the species that we know of, well, didn't we? The thing is, that's unpowered. 
you got to think about it because that's the solar sailor thing. Oh, that we see in Explorers. So that's so that's not with a warp core. That's with a, you know the solar sailor. That's kind of that's going. Cause I think that's going to like Cardassia, isn't it? Yeah. But it's still incredible that they're going to other um, species, meeting other species, and going to their planets and trading and knowing them and. We'd, in that time, I don't think there's many species around doing that thing. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I've just noticed. Um, going back to what you were kind of saying earlier about um, the the whole oh, why didn't the Bajorans kind of fight back sooner? This is um, this is the, uh, on the Bajor notes right at the top, a prelude. Prior to the occupation, the Bajorans were a peaceful people whose art and architecture were well known and admired throughout the galaxy. The Cardassians, by contrast, uh, were militaristic and often hostile and conquered numerous planets in the name of survival. The two peoples nonetheless managed to coexist peacefully for some time. However, the Cardassians coverted uh, Bajor's rich natural resources and saw the Bajoran people as inferior. Cardassia became increasingly hostile as time went on, maintaining a military presence on the planet for 10 years before forcibly annexing it in 2328. So... It kind of backs up kind of what we're saying, as you said. They they were very peaceful. They were very peaceful people, and it and it was a it, the hostility the Cardassians displayed because it was it was it was gradual over a number of of years. So yeah, just saw that bit, but it's just you know, obviously they were very very advanced for their time, weren't they? I think the Bajorans were. You know, but then, as you said, the, the occupation happened, and then they were the Bajorans were forced to adapt, weren't they? Yeah. And that's obviously where you had where the kind of the resistance formed. Should we should we talk a bit about the resistance and that? Should we go into a bit of detail about that? Yeah, if you want to. Yeah. Um, right. So the resistance. So this would be just under the Terek Nor notes, if that's any help to you, sir. Uh huh. Do you want me to read out this bit? Yeah, go for it, Joe. Yeah. Um, after years of Cardassian oppression, the Bajorans formed the Bajoran Resistance, a coordinated movement aiming to free Bajor from the occupation. It accomplished this goal with often indiscriminate bombings and other terror tactics. One of the most prominent resistance of which Takira Nerese was a member from the time she was 12. Um, the Resistance also fought a limited guerrilla war, although they mostly relied on the element of surprise. Um... Some members managed to smuggle in sub-impulse starships, but as they knew direct conflict with the Cardassians would end disastrously, their ships were hidden on Bajor's various moons. Um, the assassinations and bombings were enough to throw the Cardassians off balance, however, and also taught the Bajorans valuable skills that were later put to use when forming the Bajoran militia. Um, do you want me to read the next bit as well? Yeah. Yeah. Bajorans who helped the resistance but did not openly oppose the Cardassians were known as informers. One such informer was Trenton Fala. Fala and others like her were regarded with great respect, unlike collaborators. Most resistance cells were not ta- ultimately targeted in force by the Cardassians and crushed, but new ones would rise up to replace them elsewhere. One of the few resistance cells which was able to function over a sustained period of time was the Shakar resistance cell under Kaur province. Um, 
using the rough mountain terrain of the Dakar Hills, they are able to evade Cardassian forces to the extent that they remained a cohesive fighting unit. Um, even so, they never made conventional pushes to gain more territory, instead using the Dakar Hills as a base for terrorist attacks, then running the Cardassians ragged in mountain warfare when they counterattacked in force. Even Dukat later admitted that Shakar's forces in Dakar were the one resistance cell they were never able to effectively suppress. Every time the resistance executed an attack, the Cardassians tightened their grip. And each time this happened, more Bajorans joined the calls. It took many years and many deaths, but eventually the Cardassians were forced to leave Bajor. So, I mean, yeah, just just from that information alone, from what's what I've kind of read out there, it's like... it. That is yeah, that you... is that one. That is that an analogy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. I think, as you say, if the Bajorans had real, uh, I don't had realised sooner what the Cardassians were doing, or, or or whatever it was, then they might have been able to do. Uh, they might have been able to face them more head on, instead of as I said, uh, um, the the the, 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 the indiscriminate bombings and you know just kind of. I, I, I suppose the best way to kind of look at it is kind of instead of, I don't know, just kind of poking at them constantly. Do you know what I mean? Not going full on assault, if that makes sense. So I think if they'd, um, if they'd realised sooner, um, then they... I think the problem on. is they wouldn't have the resources. They would have to build them up by stealing them. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, they wouldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't just have the weaponry. They'd have to try and steal them or get them off the black market. Yeah. So they even. Back. So even if they had realised what the Cardassians were doing and and, and uh, you know and had managed to act sooner, they probably wouldn't have made much of a difference, would it? I suppose they could have had um, normal weaponry rather than energy. Like I'm talking swords and spheres and whatnot. Who knows? I mean, we don't know. I mean, you, you would think with the Bajorans, I know they're a very peaceful people, but they, they would surely have some form of way of being able to defend themselves. It might not have... It, it probably would have maybe seemed antiquated by our standards, but they surely would have had something. But that's the thing, you know... The problem, with Jeremy, with a planet with peace on it, you're not going to have weapons lying around. If you're not no, fighting each other, you're not going to... No. And, you know... And Bajorans, as I said, because the, the Kardashians could have arrived and, and been very friendly towards it. It did say they managed to exist peacefully with them for a number Look, of years. The comparison I have is Poland, 1939, where the Gems just rolled into Poland with literally no resistance because they didn't know they are coming. Mm. That, it's that whole kind of thing, of kind of steamroller effect, where it's just kind of... yeah. Oh, you have got weaponry, but oh, oops, too late. We've already invaded. Yeah, and and yeah, as 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 you, as I said, the Bajorans wouldn't have realised because said if they managed to exist peacefully with the Cardassians for a number of years, well, then they probably the Bajorans probably saw them as quite friendly. So they wouldn't have, and then they wouldn't have realised what they were doing until much later on. It's you know. It, it's, it's completely understandable why the Bajorans wouldn't have acted sooner because they didn't realise, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, in my mind, it's not an enemy is much more dangerous, you know, 
you know, the Kardashians could have just attacked full brute on force straight away, but they didn't do that. They did it. They did it subtly, didn't they? I think it also would have been a word of mouth. You would have had this one small uprising, and then word would have spread across maybe the region, maybe across the planet. But that would have taken time. That would have been nice nice instance. And you can imagine that the um, Kardashians would have suppressed that news. Yeah, and by the time the the Bajorans said, did you know realise what was going on, or had the middle? Well, I say not realised, because even if they realised, they might not have had the means at the time to be able to do much, as you say. With because the Kardashians had obviously taken over and stripped their whole. Well, you can imagine that one night the Kardashians would disappear, maybe not with weaponry on them. But one night over, it would be like, oh, yeah, Nick, we've all got weapons now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, now we're taking your resources. We've, yeah, this is a... Here, we've given you a bit of food. Oh, yeah, now we're going to strip the whole planet. Mm. Because that's the thing with the Kardashians, reading their notes, it's kind of, they're brutal. It's just kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, you should have acted sooner. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> But it's just very interesting, kind of just reading through these notes. Just kind of, it's kind of reading between the lines, isn't it? Kind of speculating on on the information that we've got. You know, you know what exactly happened? Why why did it happen this way, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So yeah, I just and obviously, you know, you know, saying here about the I said the Bajoran militia. Well, that that was formed because of the occupation. So, you know, obviously the Bajorans, they learned to become um, said fighters and soldiers and learn how to defend themselves. Uh, and obviously after the occupation, they knew, yeah, yeah, I dare say in their minds, they always, there was always, they knew there was always danger of the Kardashians coming back again. And look what happened. I mean, you think of the... Um, the, the Non-aggression pact, isn't it, I think? With the Dominion, yeah. And obviously, in in even though they didn't realise at the time, but in season two, the circle, the homecoming, and the siege. Well, that was a ploy by the Kardashians working in secret to regain to get rid of Federation influence and regain control of DS Nine or, or Bajor, wasn't it? Although they didn't know it at the time, so you know there was even heck even at the end of the very first even an emissary you had to, to cut didn't you come in with those three kardashian ships wasn't it steep space nine so the threat was always there it was you know it was well say, i think that was the um exclamation because i was trying to find uh Ducat's ship not really an invasion it was just them trying to oh yeah of course yeah big pardon yeah I think that that's how I read that one, rather than oh yes, we're going to invade you with three ships because you've got a, sh- a station that's not working or anything. But yeah, yeah, it, every opportunity they could, and they even you got to bear in mind they had warehouses on Kardashian Prime full of Bajoran artifacts, full of things where it's just kind of again even with that that's kind of the British Museum of kind of science fiction where it's just kind of oh yeah we went there we stole it it's ours now sorry like you know the whole battle between us and Greece where it's just kind of we want our um I think stones back and we're just going eh not quite certain about that we're, we're quite happy with them on display here just you know just repressurate them and things but 
And that's the other cruel thing that you don't really think about. When the Dominion bombed Cardassia Prime, you've got to imagine that all those artifacts were probably lost. More than likely, yeah. As well, so it's kind of Bajor losing its history again. Mm. And with no record of what was actually taken. And yeah. with no chance of getting it back. Yeah, because I mean... Obviously... I mean, you know, maybe, maybe at some point. I mean, it's, it's, it's safe to say the Cardassians probably catalogued every artifact they they took, even when they left. But if it had been, you know, if they, if they were destroyed, then so would the records. And again, the Bajorans, they probably would have kept records of their artifacts before the occupation. But the occupation lasted for decades, and again, they were probably lost or, or destroyed by the Cardassians. So there wouldn't be any way for them to keep. There wouldn't be any way for the Bajorans to keep track of. What was taken in terms of like they said artifacts and all that kind of what, what was taken and what wasn't or what well, was destroyed I, I don't think wasn't. it's that simple i think there's also the fog of war so there's stuff that you just wouldn't know had gone missing and maybe could ask any officers taking souvenirs not kind of saying anything just kind of hiding it and keeping it effectively in their lofts and you just wouldn't know yes true that's true, yeah. Yes, true, yeah. Well, probably a lot of Cardassian soldiers probably did. That's a good point, actually. I didn't think of that. Because, again, that's that's, that's real world as well. You find there's an awful lot of hidden World War Two, World War One, and all the other wars. There's lots of artifacts hidden away in people's lofts that have, you know, their great-granddad took when so-and-so happened and... Took it as just a souvenir, as just kind of well, no one really cares. Well, I'll take it. So I can imagine there that there's that attitude to it. It's just kind of, oh, that looks cool. I'll take that home. I'll show, take that home and show the wife. Mm. But that's another lost piece of artifact from Bajor that they won't know Ever about. Get back. Yeah, yeah, well, not. yeah. It's kind of sad when you think about it, isn't it? As well, it's because I know, I know we've said we've talked about. Um, I said a lot of aspects already of what the Bajorans, well, have lost. But I said, we haven't really talked about well, what about, they said, their cultural heritage. I said, those artefacts that, that you've got to think particularly anything that's very much kind of religious as well. That, that's, a, that's a key part of what defines them. And, yeah, you know, you, you know, some people say, oh, "Well, it's, it's just a bit. It, oh, it's just a possessionist." But it's like, well, yes, and, and the Bajorans, I'm sure they have their faith in the prophets, but those artifacts still—they're—they're they're kind of like a physical representation of their faith, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's to them, it's probably just as important as their own their own faith within themselves. And yeah, it's it's like kind of like the orbs as well. I mean, the orbs, a lot of them went missing. Some obviously were recovered or some of the Kardashians gave back, but not all of them. Some of them are probably still lost in the orbs. Well, they're just as um, important to the Bajorans as anything else, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just really quite interesting just delving back into this again, because, you know, we, I think it's been a while since we did that first part. I think it was, is it last year we did it? Yeah. Early last year, so. Um, where would you like to? Is there anything else you want to say on that kind of part of it, Si? Um, no, there was just one bit where it's in the appendices of occupation. 
and ultimately our news line of dialogue from the first draft of When It Rains. Kieran Reese recalled, we Bajorans didn't have much in the way of weapons or ships during occupation, but we managed to do some damage anyway. The occupation had claimed um, the life of Damar's elderly father who had been killed when a Bajoran bomb, which Bajoran had left buried at the end of his garden, had exploded, exploded while he had been tending his flowers. The script additionally established that the Bajoran residents had used... Oh, I don't know what that word is. Um, so I'm actually uh, cryptomyelene. We'll go over that in the construction of the micro explosives. I think. Oh, sorry. I think it's citromyelene, citromyelene, something like that. Um, I don't yeah, know. It's, it's fictional and it's horrible. Yeah. Word. Oh, even I'm struggling to pronounce it. So, um, but yeah, I'm glad you went to this point because I, I quite like the uh, the first the first little bit as well. Um, the occupation of Bajor provided a lot of backstory for DS9. Some of this content didn't actually make it into an episode of the series. For example, in the early version of DS9, Shakar, a library or museum that had closed during the occupation, was rediscovered and reopened. So... Um, from... uh, this is where it gets a bit complicated, because I think in the, some of the other notes, when I look for it, it says church, which I think is more fascinating than just a library or museum. Mm. Somewhere else, I'll go and find it, but somewhere else it says church, which I find far more fascinating than library or museum, which is like, eh. Well, the way I look at it, I, I you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I can understand why the story was scrapped, but in a way, it kind of ties in quite nicely to what we were talking about a minute ago, about the whole artefacts. So, you know, it got a museum and it's been... You could, could you imagine what that would have meant to the Bajorans? I mean, that would have been an oh. absolute... Huh? If it, you, if you finish, would... and I, I, I found it. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, it would have been absolutely incredible find. It, I mean, the... the, the, I, the I'd the argue big... in some ways they found it. They did it with um, Reckoning. Yeah, yeah, discovering, uh, was it Bahala, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, true, yeah. But just that kind of thing, rediscovering part of your, your cultural identity. Because you said, after the occupation, you know, the Bajorans felt, you know, kind of, not all of them, but a lot of them felt kind of lost and aimless and wondering what on earth to do now and how things had changed for them. So I said, something like that, or as you say, in Reckoning, it would have had a huge positive impact on them. And it would have reminded them of of who they used to be, of who they are, or who who they are, or who they were. Do you want me to read this bit out, and then there's another bit that's of interest? Is this from the notes or something you found? Um, no, both from the notes. Uh, yeah. Well, um, is this still in the occupation of Bajor notes? No, it's in Bajoran. Bajoran. Again, you had to really look around, but they do talk about the same subjects and all the. All of them, but you just have to... There is a bit of an idea. There is overlap, isn't there? Yeah. Um, um, Bajorans was additionally featured in Shakar two episodes later, and that is someone... They were partly based on Mexicans during the Mexican Re- uh, Revolution. At one point early... early one, one early point of the story's development, the Bajorans were depicted as having recently discovered a, a massive library or museum. A real museum, yeah. Uh, they were... Um, putting efforts and funds into reopening for the first time since the occupation. 
That prompting the rebellion explained Ronald D. Moore. Because the farmers are angry that their needs are not being met, but people are putting all them all this money and effort into raising these old libraries. Who cares about culture when it's food on the table? However, the writers found Patron Patron's such concerns wasn't working until the creative team realised that they could have the species becoming officially led temporarily by Kai Win. If it's the Kai and Kira and Shikar, then the players are all in the in the place finally were all related. The writers endeavoured to make sure the viewpoints of Kira and Shikar were comp comprehensive and acceptable. There were there was also a potential for romance between these two Bajorans, so Kira and Shikar. So the script uh, episode script included a couple more little subtle um beats to play just to see if we could gain some chemistry between actors record more. It seemed to work. Yeah, I mean I think I think with that whole thing I you know I can understand why they scrapped that library museum storyline, and what we got instead, I think, was probably a lot more interesting and and kind of more wider impacting in terms of the characters and the and the Bazorans. But I'd, I'd I'd still love to. If, I don't know how much of the, the the original idea they had written down, if there was a script or if it was just a scribble notes. But I'd love to get a look at it because I think that'd be interesting. That that kind of thing fascinates me. So. You know, I think that would have been cool to see, or at least read about. And you know you're talking about Ascension? Yeah. There's a bit about that as well. The Bajoran Society was further developed in Ascension, a later fourth season DS9 episode. Uh, after the writers thought up the idea of an emissary of the Prophets, who was not pre-established emissary Benjamin Sisko arriving via the wormhole, the writing group was many permutations of the story in which they pondered the uh, poli oh my god I can't talk today the political ramifications for the Bajorans the writers decided to have the aliens return to the old Bajoran caste system called the Jar. it's the first time in a while that you'll actually feel the Bajorans are kind of alien rather than them just being people with bumps on their heads commented Ronald Wolf. the idea that whole society would say, okay, I'm going to quit my job and do something completely different because this guy says I should make some alien and not human. That was what we were going for. Rene Oshrevier believed the scene which proved especially insightful regarding Bajorans was one in which Kira hesitantly applauds the newly arrived emissary. What's his name? Akurum Lan. We'll go over that. Declaring the restoration <laughs> of the caste system. That just told you everything you need to know about the Bajorans, as Sharia said. So that's just, yeah, it's, again, that's building on what you were saying a bit earlier. And I do think it's weird how all Bajorans clap as well. What, the fact that they, that they all did without questioning it? No, the way they clap. Like, the way oh. they naturally clap. How do they naturally clap? Really strange, aren't they? They, like, tap the back of their hands or whatever, if you remember. Do I? Yeah, oh yeah, look at I, it. I, Watch I, I it. Don't, I don't think that's, I don't know if I said anything. I've ever, I don't think I've ever really picked up on that, but yeah, yeah. When you it. see it, you can't unsee it. Ah, okay, well maybe I shouldn't see it. <laughs> I'm going to be watched it first at some point anyway. It's so. something subtle, Jamie. So I'm not surprised that you've missed it. Oh, thank you, sir. It's true though. Are you on subtle things? Like, yeah, I didn't see that. Not necessarily a bad thing, at least in this case, because it gives me new things to discover, doesn't it? When I rewatch it, so 
in a way, it's a good thing. <laughs> um, let's see, should we talk a bit more about? Well, we kind of we kind of already kind of delved into about uh, this section is like further developments of Bajor. Should we read that a bit more? Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, um, when DS9's fourth season was just about to end, the writers aimed to concentrate more on them in season five. Um, when portraying the murder of a series of Bajoran former resistance fighters in uh, the episode The Darkness and the Light, writing staff the writing staff wanted to make the Bajoran victims increasingly significant to main character Kieran Arise. Spoiler alert, but you know, I think everyone at this point probably has watched it. Culminating in the deaths of her friends, Fuel and Lupaza? Lupaza, that's it. Um, Iris Stephen Burr imagined by the fifth time of fifth season installment, Ties of Blood and Mortar, the Bajorans will have bubblegum cards of Space Station's DS9 senior staff and would hold Kieran Arise personally in higher claim. They can't identify with the emissary, Burr speculated. He's too mystical and he doesn't look like one of them. He doesn't have a ridge on his nose. So popular opinion is likely to seize on the Bajor and standing next to him in all the pictures. Who's she? She's doing all these great things. She's saved out of me. Um, by the start of season six, there was observable positivity towards the Bajor and the Star Trek's fan base. There are fans that like the Bajor shows. Um, well, I think we already mentioned in part one, but you had that idea of um, Bajor and Children Kit appearing on Deep Space Nine. I think that was, to do, I think that was originally going to be Krell Masset, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's interesting kind of just reading how they developed um, the Bajorans over the seasons, you know, because obviously it, it couldn't have been an easy thing for the writers to do. Um, and, you know, particularly if you're coming from the perspective of from what we've kind of know of, not a lot of fans responded positively, at least in the early earlier seasons, to the Bajor and storyline. So it's like, well, how do you carry on? Because it, as you as as you know, as we've kind of both said, the Bajorans were a core part of the show. That what drew, what drove the conflict with Starfleet, um, and just just generally. So how do you kind of carry on try and make keep things interesting to you know in a show where it seemed like not a lot of fans were that interested in the Bajoran storyline at that time so I imagine it must have been pretty pretty difficult but I said I I you know I I think from from what I can remember vaguely of me watching through Deep Space Nine I don't think I, I don't think I absolutely loved the Bajoran storylines, but I don't think I hated them. I think I quite liked some of them. Um, but as you say, now today everyone looks looks at looks at looks at the uh, the story arcs of the Bajorans with a, with a different perspective, don't they? And I think I think they're a lot more appreciated, aren't they, these days? Yeah. Um, is there anything more you want to read on the further development side, or do you want to move on to something else? Um, where you want to go, Jerry? I, I too, I didn't really, have, I didn't really have a plan to be honest. We kind of, yeah, but I, you know, like I said, you know, we're 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 not going to read out every single paragraph of these notes because it's just not, it's possible, but we'd be here forever. I, I don't think it's that. I think it's trying to find a thread running between all the notes that we can link up together. That's interesting, rather than just reading mm, everything out constantly. That just yeah. 
don't mean much. Mm. But it is interesting, just kind of, I think, Kira's relationships with them all. I think kind of all the men, the way that I think that progressed, maybe that was what helped Bajoran thread. Maybe that's what helped progress um, the audience's interest. Because they had something to have an interest in. They had, you know, you buy into the Kira character. You want her so to be happy. So that's maybe how they helped a bit. And then having Cisco's journey continue. Yeah, with obviously the MSA of the Prophets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. So what you're saying kind of, I mean, I suppose really the question then becomes, what is, what is that thread? that ties these notes that we're kind of reading together. What What's that kind of link between them, I suppose, isn't it? Well, it's, I say it's just trying to find the right narrative that we can link together that gives us something to talk about, a topic to talk about. That's, that's the thing with these types of episodes that we yeah. struggle with at the start. Hmm. And I think that's what, we're get, that's what we've been doing the last few species, where it's just trying to find threads where you go, that's an interesting thing to look at. No, I think I, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, at least from my perspective, I think we've, I think we've been doing that with this episode. I said we're, it's kind of going back to kind of doing more analysis and speculation. And just said reading through the notes, and I feel at least with this one, we're reading through the notes to support what we've kind of, say support, but kind of uh, reinforce what we've been saying. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So. Um, where should we crack on to next? I suppose. Is there anything else that caught your eye reading through some of these notes that you thought would be interesting to bring up? Not at the moment. Um, that's interesting. It's something interesting here that I found. It's a small little little tidbit, but um. So it's going back to the trivia in the Bajoran notes and kind of near the end. Um, it's specifically, because I'm going to read out the whole thing, but they're talking about um, different kind of um, aspects. So, Crowd of Bajorans had to be depicted in DS9, the storyteller, about which David Livingston noted we had 30 extras and that there were a lot of people, but not enough. And then they go on to talk about. Um, uh, for the foreground of a matte painting of Bajor, matte painting, Jamie, matte painted, matte painting of Bajor and DS 9s <laughs> Kardashians. What? <laughs> matte painting. Well, we all mispronounce words. I know. <laughs> Illusion Arts Inc. staff were filmed as Bajorans strolling along a path. Two similarly miniaturised and screen Bajorans, Decon Elig and Cesaro Sito, were played by visual effects producer Dan Curry. Um, See, for the formal role, Bajor and Nose Wrinkles were digitally added by DS9 scenic artist Doug Drexler. This is a bit I found really interesting. Scenes featuring Bajorans are often accompanied by Bajor and hand flute, which is actually a custom-made electric wind instrument, EWI. I developed my own theory of the Bajoran culture, announced composer Jay Chataway. Uh, Whenever there's a sensitive scene about the Bajorans, the EWI is there. So, in my mind, it's like, well, 
what is that theory then? Because he says he's developed his own theory, but what does he mean? Um, and if you think, oh, if you think back to kind of, because I mean, do you, the Bajor and Ham flute, do we actually see that being played many times throughout the series? Um, I think a couple of times. Yeah, I'm just thinking that the music was very, um, was kind of very, um, I'm trying to think of the, the right description. It was kind of, it was kind of, had a slow kind of, slow kind of soft, softness to it. Does I that think make it's sense? sort of Tibetan. It's kind of, um, like monks, isn't it? It's that sort of yeah, and I think, music to it. And I think it kind of it, it reinforces that kind of notion of of the Bajorans as a people. I said they were very they were very peaceful, um, and you know they were, they were very very peaceful people, um, and were very enlightened. And I think that I, I mean I said I, I said this and this composer doesn't say exactly what, but I think it probably means like through the music, through the sounds that the the hand flutes made it kind of again it's, it's another reflection of of their of their past culture even now you know not, not to say that everything about the bajorans was lost during the occupation because i don't, don't think that's 100 percent true um but just who they are as a people so i just i just thought that little bit at the end just just was just very interesting because unfortunately that's one area that they did they haven't gone into much room is the music there's only a there's only a line about music in this, so it's not yeah. very helpful. No, no. But just, do you see what I mean now about that? I, I just think it's just a, again, it's just speculation, but I think it makes sense. I thought I just found that a bit interesting personally. That was all. So, um, oh, sorry, I'm just ah, fidgeting. Ah, right. Um, has anything else caught your eye, Si, that you'd like to talk about? Just looking. Just looking. <laughs> Just looking. Nah. Yeah, because, I mean, originally, guys, when we were, me and Tom were kind of discussing how to kind of proceed with this supplemental, it's kind of a, what exactly what notes do we want to kind of go back to? Um, I'm glad you I'm glad you kind of suggested to me. We'll stick with the, the notes that we said, they said. Beige or Bajoran and the occupational ones. <laughs> because, I mean, even in this this of itself, I think it's like, I don't know how many pages. Because I think the way Simon, I said, mine's on my computer. So I think overall I've got about, it must be like almost 40 pages of a Word document across the three. But realistically, from memory alpha, I dare say for you, so it's probably maybe half of that, maybe. No. It isn't. Twelve nine nine. Right. So about okay, it's so about thirty pages then. So about ten less than me, but that's still quite a lot, isn't it? You were talking about map paintings. You want me to talk about more map paintings? Yeah, go for it, yeah. In DS9 the circle a map painting of Bajor was used to depict the planet, including a large pool of water which uh, appears to ripple and sparkle on camera. Um, the map painting was created non-digitally by uh, Elusive Arts uh, Robert, Robert Strongberg regarding the pool in the Illustrator Vista. Cy Dusun 
uh, also from that company, explained, we did that through, uh, that through an old technique developed by Albert Whitlock. It's a gag created by a bat lighting two sheets of glass with holes scr uh, scratched in them and filming them as they are rubbed against each other. Sparks. The sparkles were double exposed over the footage of the painted water, bringing light of movement to the, what otherwise would have been a static part of the painting. Then we traditionally incorporated a foreground miniature in the camera pan. In the siege, another map painting of the planet done by Side Dalton was incorporated into atmosphere battle over Bajor. In DS9 Kardashians, yet another map painting was involved in depicting Bajor. This illustration showed a suburban home on its outskirts of Bajoran capital city. It was the second Bajoran painting which Strongberg created for DS9. This time, moving elements include Kardashian pedestrians uh, played by illust uh, illustration art staff and a waterfall. It was Strongberg who decided upon detailing pictures with the waterfall. He discovered the embellishment was required to make the illusion more interesting while painting image. The waterfall was animated by Lynn Ledgerwood, who used a combination of salt and very fine baking powder of the type used in fire hydrants to create the right look for it. Strongberg remembered we shot that element with a high-speed camera and then superimposed it over the painting, paintable waterfall to make it look real. I, I love that production, half of it. I really do. I think that's just incredible how they create that stuff. Yeah, definitely. And as you say, it's because, you know, we know bits and pieces. Like when 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 you, when you think of like, things like production, whether it's... You always think, oh, it's, you talk, they talk, people talk about like, the makeup of the of the species, you know, getting their gaps and actually into the costume, but you don't hear about that other side of it much. So I think that's really cool. Was that... What section was that inside? Bajor towards the end of um, like trivia notes. Yeah, that's the fun with these episodes. It's someone says something and then you have to rush to try and find it so you can go, <laughs> yeah, I've covered that. Yeah, it's keeping track of what we've covered exactly. Um, it's in background information in the depictions bit. Oh, we go depictions. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, hang on. I think I'm nearly there. Uh, so. Ah, see, I think there might be another bit. Um, I've actually just caught my eye, which I thought would be cool. I might even actually read that. If that's all right. Mm -hmm. Um, let's do. I've just found what you were saying. Um, so yeah, it's the same kind of um section. Um, just go. See, I think I think we we talked about in part one about um, you know this idea about um, about Bajor itself and how how they would actually film doing it. Um, I said, um, let's have a look. I'm just trying to find a way to start saying this. Um, I'll just so in the pre-production stages of DS9, Mick Berman and Pillar who created the series, worked on the idea of a star base on the surface of Bajor before deciding to set the stories aboard the space station. Uh, the creative duo even considered building a live-set Bajoran refugee camp, refugee camp on location, uh, though the cost of leaving the Paramount Studio lot was ultimately decided to be prohibitively high. I think said this. Yeah, I'm just trying to get to the point I want to talk about. Sorry, um, okay. 
Sorry. That's all right, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, we, we talked about that. And ago, they thought about building a street out in Northern California to represent part of the futuristic colony. Um, and then, I think, this is a bit. So, the fact that the outpost interiors wouldn't be shot in the more hospitable confines of a Paramount soundstage was one of several reasons why the plan was scrapped. Um, it was going to be, um, others include not only the high expense of the proposed regular location shoot, but also that a setting might have limited story potential. Um, it's going to be very hard to do something convincing on the ground that would give you the same excitement that the Enterprise had. Um, and this is a bit I, re- I really, really like. Um, on a dry erase board in his office, Robert Hewitt Wolf started to illustrate a map of Bajor, designed to continually update it with the places mentioned in, D- in DS9. He explained, after staring at the blank board for months, it occurred to me that unlike planets we'd visited on previous Star Trek shows, Bajor was there, wasn't going to go away, so I felt like it might be fun to create a map. I drew some arbitrary continents, two land, large landmasses, and one small one from the equator down the middle. Wolf laughed, I thought that, that probably would do it. I tried to put a lot of interesting coastlines on there, but the decision-making process was pretty arbitrary. Hence, the shorelines in the map turned out to be quite random. Um... For a long time after we began creating the map, Wolf ranged everywhere the series references being on Bajor in the map's northern hemisphere. He then deliberately started trying to designate more places in the map's southern hemisphere. This time, differential obviously impacted on where sites were located on the map. Wolf also organised the illustrations that the places where Kieran Reese had a personal interest in or went during the occupation were basically all clustered in roughly the same region as each other, with places less related to her position elsewhere. Um, observing that Farron Cag's village appeared to be extremely diff- difficult, different culturally from the Paku and Navot territories, it influenced Wolf to place it at a very far distance from them, a range Wolf called as far away from them as possible. He went on to say, the map reminded us of places we'd mentioned before so we could mention them again. It made Bajor more of a physical reality for me, it became a real place. Um, and I'll just I'll skip that pop that bit. Uh, I think there's something somewhere. I think I said that all in the last part, Jeremy, if I'm honest. But yeah, it's, it, it is did. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it is interesting. I, that's why I picked it out the first time around. But yeah, I, I thought I'd let you go with that one. Well, did we read? Well, I know we read out the first part last time, but I don't think we read out the, the wolf bit. No, it's... I read most of it. Oh, did you? Oh, whoops. Okay. I, I read most of it. I, again, I have a two-coloured system, but I read most of it. There's not much I didn't read. Oh, okay. I don't think I had that highlighted because Simon was before. Like, this is a few days before we were uh, recording this. Simon was trying to help me uh, with what we'd I highlight. I thought I said about that one, but maybe you missed it. I, I, well, I got the first little paragraph highlighted but not, not that section but it's fine I just thought that was interesting just caught my eye that was all but that's fine um, anything else you want to talk about no I wonder if we should cut it here yeah I think I said I think we've done quite quite good with this stuff but again there, there's, there's more stuff that we can mention but again we're not going to cover everything because it would just take too long um, but you know we'll we'll um, you know, honestly, guys, feel free to check this out on Memory Alpha. Uh, um, there's there's some, it's a really interesting info, and there's obviously other stuff that we haven't mentioned. But honestly, it's a really, really interesting read, and if, if you, you know, I'd, I'd really recommend checking it out. 
because there's some really just intriguing stuff that would definitely not like for us get your mind thinking so um yeah um we hope you guys enjoyed our uh, Bajoran supplemental yeah um oh, me um and yeah we'll we'll be back uh with another episode soon talk to you then bye <laughs>